0: Welcome to the Providence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Nathan Herndon. If you'd like to stay connected, download our app Providence Community from your phone's app store or visit our website at providencecommunity.org. All right. Well, friends, I'm excited to get into the Word with you today. If you have your Bibles, grab them. Open to the book of Colossians chapter 3. Before I do that, this guy right over here, what a champion. This is Noah. Noah. Uh, what a hero, man! And he's gonna—he's just ministering. Um, and I always preach better when he plays the keys. And so he gets—he gets—he and Jesus get all the credit, man. So thank you so much. He, he's in the zone. He, he doesn't even know what I'm saying right now. So yeah, man. <laughs> so, oh boy, he's really in it. I love that. So, but yeah, Noah, thank you, brother. Hey guys, I, I want to I wanna talk to you from the, the book of Colossians today. Um, when we started out quarantine, we were, I encouraged us to read the book of Philippians. Uh, and I hope that you did that. If you didn't, it's not too late. Uh, but um, I now we're in a season where I'm encouraging us just to read the next book, the book of Colossians. This is Paul's letter to the church in uh, Colossae. Um, and there there is so much wonderful truth to mine out of here from the heart of god but stuff that is so foundational to the christian faith um i want to i want to caution us that uh um with, with this reality right now that the christian faith is not uh uh being being uh, practical in moralism all right the christian faith was built on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not built on just good morals, okay? And this Colossians is screaming that through its pages. Um, And so I wanna discuss with you today the the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus being the the foundation of our lives, not merely events that we celebrate. Do you remember a few weeks ago, we celebrated uh, the resurrection of Jesus, Resurrection Sunday, Good Friday, Jesus died. Uh, Three days later on Sunday, Jesus was raised. But my concern is that, is that we put these, uh, these events on a calendar, and they don't really impact our lives much um, until we remember them again with appreciation the next year. Guys, this is not how, the, uh, this is not the Christian life the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus are to be encounters that impact our lives every moment of every day while we're asleep, while we're, uh, while we're awake, every part of every day, the death of Jesus the, resur- the resurrection of Jesus Christ matters for your life. I cannot say that enough. Uh, let me say it like this though keep your finger in Colossians chapter 3 but um, my family um, we were driving a minivan until a few months ago when a Got totaled. Uh, everybody in our family, we walked out physically okay. A little traumatic, that. Uh, but Jesus was with us, and He's healed our hearts in those areas. Tra- Trauma is a real thing. But we completely totaled the minivan in the uh, in the alleyway at our house. And so I don't know if you've ever tried to drive a totaled vehicle before, but it just doesn't work. In fact, I, I think that it's illegal. And insurance had to kick in, and we actually got to replace our minivan with uh, with an upgrade because it's a Ford. All right, so we're driving a Ford now very proudly, okay? We feel, we feel like such bosses of the road uh, in this Ford. Uh, but here's the thing. When we replaced the minivan, imagine this. If, if we did replace the van, but the van just sat in the driveway and we never actually drove it. We, we decided uh, that we're going to uh, pattern our lives on figuring out how to hoof it, all right? How to ride bikes, But not actually use the new vehicle that's sitting in our driveway. We never used the replacement. We never drove the new uh, vehicle, but we did. Here's what we did do we did celebrate the day that we bought it once a year with a big banquet. We invite our friends over. All right. We celebrate. This is the day that we bought a Ford. We celebrated that, but we never actually used it. Okay. Or how about this one? Uh, We've been trying for the last year and a half to add a room onto our house. Um, And. it hasn't been going super successfully. Now there's good hope. So I'm going to speak in faith here. When we do, in fact, add a room onto the back of our house, it's going to happen after months of work, after almost two years of work, I want you to imagine that we never live in it. We build it, but we never occupy it. We we build it, but we never inhabit it. We do celebrate the day that we build it. We do invite our friends over. We do make a turkey. We do uh, celebrate with mashed potatoes, but we never live in the room that we in fact built. Would that be strange to you? I I think it would because you purchase a vehicle to drive it and you build a room onto your house to inhabit that room so it changes your life. Guys, this is the type of Christianity that many of us are trapped in. We celebrate the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus as things that we appreciate, we feel bad for, maybe we're even excited about on a calendar, but the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, we don't really know how to live in them. We don't know how they make their ways into our lives. It's an abstract concept. How, what does the death of Jesus and the life of Jesus or the resurrection of Jesus really have to do with every part of my life now? The death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. Friends, you've gotta hear me here. This is what Colossians is screaming for us to hear that the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus are not simply new events to celebrate, things that happened one time in history. They did. They happened in history. But they are now not just something that we celebrate as a day on the calendar, but they are the foundation for the way that we live a new life. They're not only to be celebrated, but they are to be rejoiced and lived in as the foundation for our lives. And my concern, can I be concerned with you for a moment? Uh, My concern is that we know both of these as events, but we don't know either one of these as encounters that have impacted how we, in fact, do life. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, I just pray that you you would lead us into a beautiful encounter with these through your word right now. Let's look at Colossians chapter three, starting with verse one. It says, If then you have been, listen, raised with Christ, From the passages that I just read, number one, you have been raised with Christ and you have died with Christ. It's number one. It is so massively important that you know this. That it's not just Jesus who died. If your faith is in Jesus, if then you have been raised with Jesus. Meaning, if you, if your faith is in Jesus and you've received what He's purchased for you through faith, then you have died with Christ and been raised with Christ. All right, if. Then you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above. For you have died, verse 3, and your life is hidden with God. Let's look at verse 1 for a moment. If then you have been raised with Christ. I wanted to say this for a second. Not all humanity has been raised with Christ. All humanity could be raised with Christ. Uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. That is simply, it's not through effort, it's not through trying, it's not uh, be, by being a good moral person from South Central Pennsylvania. My parents were church goers, my granddad was church goers, even, you know, my great-great-granddaddy was a preacher. Who cares? Alright? Who really cares whatsoever? That does absolutely nothing for you. It's a great legacy, it's a great lineage, but your faith better be in Christ if you are to be raised. That's why Paul says, if you have been raised because not everybody is those who put their faith in jesus and say jesus i 'm not trusting me anymore i 'm trusting you that what you did on the cross and by conquering death are uh, are gifts to me through faith. so those who receive Jesus through faith have been listen have been raised now, how does the resurrection of Jesus impact your daily life? Well, you were dead, but now you 're alive that 's how. <laughs> you were. Listen to, if we, if we jump back, Colossians chapter 2, starting with verse 12, here's what Paul is saying to the Colossians. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. Okay, so you died with Christ, and you were raised through faith with Christ. This is the death of and resurrection of Jesus impact you because through faith, you partnered with Jesus and you, were, you died with Christ and were raised with Christ. This is central Christianity here that I'm afraid that we've lost. That when you put your faith in Jesus, you were raised with him. The victory of Jesus is yours through, through Christ. Not through your efforts, but through Christ, okay? Now look at verse three. Actually, let's look at verse 2. It says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And here's how we can do that. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You have died. You died with Christ. When you became a Jesus follower, when you said, Jesus, I'm not following me, i not following her, I'm not following him. I'm following you. you died to who you were and you are raised to who God says you are. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says this. This is Paul, again, writing to the church in Galatia. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This is why the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus should be impacting our lives all the time. I'm dead to who I was. I'm alive to who God says I am. It's a new life. It's a hope life, it's a joy life, it's a happy existence. Even in quarantine, I am new in Christ. Christian, when you put your faith in Jesus, you died to who you were, and you were raised brand new in Jesus. This is the foundation for the Christian life. The foundation for the Christian life is not ultimately effort. It's not if I try hard enough and God sees me trying, maybe he'll, he's a compassionate God. Maybe he'll have compassion on me. Maybe he'll let me be a part of his family. Maybe he'll give me a seat at the table. No, he, the, the seat at the table is free to you, but it costs Jesus his life. And Jesus already paid for your seat at the table. It doesn't come through effort. It's not ultimately about disciplines. It's not ultimately about trying hard. It's, it's amazing how many of us describe our life as, well, you know, God's good. I'm just trying, just trying to follow. I'm just trying to follow. Listen, that is not Christianity. The foundation for the Christian life is not ultimately good moral habits where I get up in the morning and I read the Bible, and I pray, and then I bless my kids, then I make breakfast, and then I go on a run, and then I do whatever I need to do. Listen, habits are good, but they're not the foundation of the Christian life. Uh, morals, if they're not attached to Jesus, if they're, not, if they're not being birthed by the Holy Spirit, you trying to be a good person, that's not the foundation of the Christian life. The foundation of the Christian life— Death of Jesus, resurrection of of Jesus, and your participation in both of them through faith in Jesus. This is so massively important, guys. I, I hope that we're hearing this today because I think so many of us are stressed out, trying to get God to love us and like us and welcome us. When it's, it's He's not looking at your effort. He's He's looking. He, he's he just He's looking at you and wanting you, and He's paid for you and He's inviting you in, just inviting you in. Say, stop trying so hard and let me make you new. It's, it's a horrible existence if you're trying to be someone you weren't raised to. If you're looking at people living a new life and they have been raised and they are new and here you are old trying to be new, it's gonna kill you. But here Jesus is, I've got a new life for you and I wanna give it to you. It just means you're gonna to have to die to yourself and you're gonna be raised new to who I say you are and operate and a new identity. And that, my friends, is a gorgeous life. So your new life is totally dependent on these two things. Um, look at even, even practically speaking, everything flows out of these two things. Look at, look at verse one again of chapter three. If then you have been raised with Christ, now here's look at this, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So listen, your ability to seek otherworldly things, your ability to, to know otherworldly truths are fastened to your resurrection with Jesus. You see that? What unlocks the door for you to be able to seek things that are not of earth? The resurrection of Jesus. If then you have been raised with Christ, there's the key. Bam, opens the door. Seek the things now that you were raised with Christ. Now you can seek the things that are above where Christ is. Okay? Look at verse. Uh, two and three, let me read those. Set your minds on things that are above, not on, earth, uh, not on things that are on earth. Now, this isn't via effort. This isn't via trying. The key to verse two is verse three. Four, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are, are on earth. For you have died <laughs> and your life is hidden with Christ. I can set my mind on things that are not of this world because I've died to who I was. And now I'm raised new. I've died. And my life is now hidden with Christ. Now who I am, I receive from God who tells me who I am. Your ability to think with the mind of Christ is totally, utterly dependent on the death of Jesus Christ. So this is why we throw a big celebration uh, uh, for a Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday on uh, Easter weekend. That's, we say, whoa, the keys <laughs> that unlocked new life to us. Wow. Now, look at verse 4. It says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Friends, we have nothing to worry about in our future this like we're we're going after revival until jesus comes but when he comes we are with him in glory and we say jesus speed up that day amen but i want i want you to see here this is verse four after we after verses one two and three verse four is is just like the exclamation mark on the heartbeat of christianity when christ who is your life appears when christ who is your life appears it's not when christ who is your example it's not when Christ, who is your friend, it was he is, and he is an example. But when Christ, who is your life, appears, life here, I think, has a double meaning. It means two things at once. It means, number one, when Christ, who is your life, appears, that means when Christ, who is the source of your life, the source of your very existence, the, the, the where you get your life from is Christ, you don't get your life from some other place. You're not getting your life from, from some other source. And then Jesus is with you in that. Jesus is your life. He gives you your life. He's the source of your life. And that's what it means to uh, uh, a Christian. That's what it means for you, friend. Be encouraged by that. Jesus is your life. But here's the other thing, that Jesus is the delight of your life. He's not the source of our life, and we, we just receive life heartlessly, joylessly, no, Jesus, the source of our life becomes the very delight of our life. The the the, the very the very happiness of our souls existence. This is similar to saying like uh, when you when if you have if you've been blessed with children. All right? I remember in quarantine, these kids, my son dribbles a ball nonstop. It sounds, like, it sounds like elephants are throwing huge boulders at our house all, all the time. Because Ethan has grown to be the size of a small elephant. <laughs> he's wearing size 15 shoes, 13 years old, 177 pounds, man. And he's dribbling, 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 dribbling. We're like, don't dribble the ball in the house. But uh, with, with any annoyance or anything like that, we would, we would say we love our kids. And many of us even say this, my kids are my life right? Or we say, if you're really into a sport, like let's say football, uh, maybe you're excited that today is Dwayne Haskins' birthday, yo, all right? (laughs) You would say, well, football is my life, or maybe you're into golf, well, golf is my life. I hear this one a lot, table tennis is my life, right? (laughs) Or whatever, you. food is my life, or my family is my life. Well, for the Christian, all of those things, they're not bad, but they fall in line under Jesus, That Jesus has now has taken the whole deal to himself and he has become your life, meaning that Jesus is the supreme source of your delight and every other thing is a blessing in him and through him. And Jesus is the source of your light, but he's become the delight of your heart. That's what being Christian is. I no longer feel nothing for Jesus. My heart is now alive to him, alive to him. So, because we died to this world and have been raised with Christ, the, the power and the authority to put off the old life and put on the new life is now ours. This is the wonderful thing. And that's why verse 5 of Colossians chapter 3 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Then there's a big long list, and you should read that list. It's wild. These are earthly things. These are earthly things sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire. Jesus is saying, I tell you how to operate in these things now. I, I tell you, I'm your life, I'm your delight. You can trust me. And then that's why it, it also says, and you read down through, then that's when you get to verse 12, it says, So you put off, you, you died to these things, don't live in them any longer. And now verse 12, put on then. I love this. Put on then, put on then. I want you to wear new clothes. Not shameful ones, not guilt-ridden ones, not not effort ones. I want you to put on, I want you to put on new garments of praise. I want you to put on new new clothes that I bestowed on you as my sons and daughters. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now this is who we are positionally, and this is who we are uh, in our identity now. These are identity words. Put on then as God's chosen ones. We're chosen by God. We're holy in Christ. We're his beloved. (laughs) These are, this is who you are. Truly, 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 truly. You're chosen by God, holy in God, and loved by God. These are the words of identity now that are true of you if you're in Christ. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, there's a whole sermon in this passage. And it goes on to say, even at verse, uh, I got to tell you about verse 15. Let the peace of Christ, the peace that you are attached to that comes from Christ, and Christ who now is your source, the peace that comes from Christ, let it rule in your hearts. So there's, there's sermons in here, above all these things put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Um, harmony uh, is not the same notes. So the Christian life isn't Jesus making everybody a robot. Uh, the Christian life isn't Jesus making everyone exactly the same. The, the Christian life is God pouring out heaven's love on people and lots of different notes operating not in unison but in harmony. Different notes striking a massive chord for the world to hear the harmony that is created by love in Christ that's what the church is stu- the church is supposed to be harmonious not arguing that's and many times there's these dissenting notes and arguing and frustration and bitterness when we're not operating in forgiveness when we're not bearing with one another when we're not operating in compassion when we're operating in pride instead of humility and meekness when we're being impatient instead of patient when we're not operating according to the the heart of God when we've when we've grown away we, we're trying to do it on our own again this is what starts taking over but Jesus is calling us I, listen. I've, I've paid for your new life and then I've been raised so you can have it. Trust me. I wanna pour these things out on you. I wanna give them to you. I Put off the old, you've died to it. Put on who you now are. And my friends, this is what, when we talk about being a, a biblical family at Providence, when we talk about discipleship at Providence, this is where we're going. Biblical family, Biblical community is, is first and foremost. It's, it's not a, 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 just a, a new way to think. It's not, hey, we treat each other nice and we have a welcoming vibe. Biblical family is anchored to the cross and the resurrection. Jesus died for us. He's raised for us. We are partakers in his death. And resurrection, And then what flows out of us then as his chosen ones, as his holy ones, as his loved ones, is compassion and kindness and humility and meekness and patience. Uh, the ability to bear with one another. Uh, the, the ability to forgive one another. The, the ability to love one another and be bound together in a harmonious way. The ability to have a, a, a heart that is ruled by peace in Christ. If you keep reading, the ability to be thankful when the world says Why? Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. Guys, it is rich. It is rich what God wants to pour out on his church. And I'm telling you, if you bypass the death of Jesus, if you bypass the resurrection of Jesus and you just start trying to be a more compassionate person, you just start trying to be a more thankful person, you just start trying to forgive more, you just start trying to love more. That's what many of us do. That's called morality, but it is powerless to change our lives and our hearts and our destinies. What what has to be the truest thing about you is that I have I have participated through faith in Christ In the death of Christ In the resurrection of Christ And I died to who I was And I've been raised to who I I am According to Jesus It's very big I was uh, on a bike hike yesterday 500 miles in one hour I rode just kidding. I want to see if you're still listening. Uh, I, I felt like I, someone started making muffins in the kitchen. I just wanted to get you back just for the, the last two, two minutes here. But me and my family were on a bike hike. We went to Gettysburg. Couldn't imagine how many. It, it, there's so many people out. You know, it was, it was really wild. I think all of us are ready to get out of the house, but it was a beautiful day. But we're riding our bikes, and, and we go about, uh, I don't know, almost two miles and and my, my girls were just like, hey, Dad, we're ready to go. Adrian stays with the girls, and I grab my son and I say, son, we're gonna ride like men, uh, ferociously, pedaling wildly back to the truck, you know, and we're gonna come and pick up the rest of the family. So Ethan and I tear off uh, like men do. We're scaring people. We're flying. And we're we're, ju- we're just we're just like wham! By uh, people couldn't even see us. We're going so fast. Um, and uh, but what happened is uh, Up ahead of us, a snake comes out. And it starts going across our path. I see the snake, and I, I kind of halt. Ethan is in his own man zone though, and he gets within three feet of the snake and, and basically uh, sees it at the last moment and almost wrecks trying to avoid the snake. And, and he's uh, he's really scared of it and, and, and all of this stuff. It was a it was a funny moment. Ethan, I had to I had to you know do, do some counseling and pray pray over him, <laughs> but I was remembering that snake, is the. That The enemy, Satan, came to the first humans kind of disguised as a snake. And he spoke original deception that says, you know what? This life that God has created you for, it's, he's holding out on you. He's not actually as good as he says he is. And the snake is speaking. He's, he's saying, you can't trust God. You know who you, who, the only person you can trust is yourself. And the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, they bit into that lie, literally. And they ate that lie. And what they did is, is they welcomed in a curse. The, the worst part of the curse is alienation from God. And here, here Jesus, what Jesus, here's, here's what Jesus is doing, is Jesus is coming to our rescue when we couldn't get to him. He's coming to us and he's paying the price to redeem us from the curse. And then he's rising again to, to, uh, So it'll be said and done, triumphing over everything the curse brought to this world. And so when I saw that snake yesterday, it was just like this thing. I was like, Jesus, Jesus, thank you that we're no longer living under the lie of the serpent, but we're living in the life of Jesus Christ. And friends, so many of you, you've been in in church for years and years and years, and your Christianity is defined by you trying, not receiving the payment of your sins, and the new life that Jesus wants to give to you. And the Bible, you know what the Bible says about you? Uh, You shouldn't be ashamed. You shouldn't feel, you know, you shouldn't feel this. You can feel sad over your sins that you actually treasured something small over Jesus, who is the best, I promise you. You can feel sad over that, but you don't have to be hopeless about that. And the Bible says of you, today is the day of salvation. Right where you are at, you can cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, forgive me save me. I believe that what you did at the cross was enough for me. I believe that the resurrection, uh, your resurrection was enough for me. And I want to be a partaker through faith in Jesus of both of those things. And this my friend is where your life begins. Amen? So Father I just pray that you pour out faith on people right now. I pray for people who are walking in the faith. I pray that you would encourage them massively. And for those of us who have just been moral people but actually need to be partakers of the life of Christ, pour out faith, pour out faith. Let us cling to you in faith today. And God, thank you that that you've come after us and thank you that you want us. You want us, you want us, you want us. And we're not too far gone. The cross is so much bigger than everything we've ever done. And so God, I just pray that we could see that truth today and to be blessed by that truth today. So God, we, we, uh, we love you, we bless you. I just pray you do a great, mighty work in the hearts of people right now in this moment. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you have any questions, questions at Providence Community, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to hang out with you. Stay connected with us. God is doing a massive work in not just in the world, but listen, in your life. And pressing into it in this season is the best thing you can possibly do. Not trying into it, not efforting into it, um, but, but pushing uh, into it. Listen, I, 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 I feel like I need to preach again just for, for one more moment. I think that many of us, we have, we have taken advice Okay, practical advice, let's say. And and it works practically, but it's from people who aren't actually sourced in Jesus. And so we've been living this practicality, but it hasn't been working and we don't know why. Here's why, because it's nice. It may work. It may help you lose a few pounds. It may help you do that. It's practical, but it's not sourced in Jesus. You've gotta be sourced in Jesus, okay? Be encouraged with that. Throw all of your hopes and, and, and your, your whole faith into Jesus and your life will change. Amen? Blessings, guys. So good to be with you. Be blessed. Excited to hear from you. Excited to be with you guys very soon in the same place. All right? Blessings as you go. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray that this word will bring light to dark places, life to dead places, hope to desperate places, and heaven to earthly places.